Hello everyone, welcome back to the main event. You're here with me, Daniel. And Aaron. Aaron, the international game week has now rounded itself up. We are back into now domestic leagues and soon to be the Champions League. Just as a timestamp for everyone, this is one o'clock on Friday afternoon. We have to do it now because Aaron goes on holiday this weekend to sunny America. We're going to Georgia. Yes. See the see the wife's family. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, yeah. I I Seth's family. If you ever mm-hmm. watch, you don't. Uh, but it's been it's been a bit difficult because it's been so long ago since these last games were played that I think when we touch on the games, it's going to be very very brief. I watched four of them and one of them or two of them. I think I was drunk. Maybe one of them. I don't think I was drunk for the first game on the Tuesday, but by, but by the second game, I was very much drunk. So, obviously, seeing the the highlights, did you manage to catch any of these games? Um, no, I was working both Champions League days, to be fair, so I've only seen highlights, and that probably reflects on my scores. Um, and uh, we did the review. Don't, don't want to revisit game week two, so just watch on YouTube our live stream review, and then uh, you can see what our ranks are, I guess. Well, let's just jump straight into it. Just for people uh, that haven't been here before, we are on Twitter at UCL Fantasy Pod. So give us a follow. Don't forget to like and subscribe to all of our videos. And we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. Today, I've had a few people asking about Limitless. So although we aren't going to do like a Limitless team, every game we're going to go through and basically say, who do we think from this from this game should be in our limitless teams, if any at all, and maybe who shouldn't be if there's some popular choices. So first up, Group A, and we do go in alphabetical order. So we've got Bruges versus Man City. Bruges beating Leipzig 2-1. Come on, Bruges! For anyone that doesn't know, I am supporting them this year, and that has been from our preview podcasts. It comes from an affiliation last year when we just loved their players. So... I think they're second in the group now, above Man City. Joined first with PSG. Happy days. Um, and they play Man City, who lost 2-1, 2-0. I've got 2-1 written here. 2-0 to Paris Saint-Germain, uh, which, from what I saw of the game, because I did watch the game, but this is the one that I had a few beers for, it seemed to come against the run of play, that one. From what I was seeing, Man City were marginally the better team. Uh but obviously PSG taking their chances a little better. In terms of the league form and the last game that they played, like they say, we've had an international break since then. Bruges drew 1-1. They aren't doing well in the Belgian Pro League. They are third or fourth in the league or something like that, <laughs> uh, which isn't great for them. And Man City drew 2-2 with Liverpool, which was an incredible game. Liverpool seemed to just be playing... Some unbelievable games recently. They've had Brentford before. They've got Man City now. Um, Man City rampant in that first half. Should have been well ahead. Liverpool with a really good comeback in the second half. Well managed from Klopp. The major news sort of that I've got from these is Torres is injured for about a month. Uh, And with regards to Bruges, Ritz was the player that scored. Centre midfielder, he scored for Bruges in that 1-1 draw. The great news for this is we don't have to guess. This is the early kickoff. So anyone on Limitless 
I think should really be looking to plow into this game for safety. You know that these players are going to play. You're right there. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what's happening. It just as we've pressed record, my throat's like just like flared up. COVID. <clears throat> I'm using my force powers, but it's because we're about to talk about Vanek and Skywalker. Yeah, that that's why. Yeah, you're choking me. <laughs> yeah, Darth Vormer's not playing. Uh, so got to do his part for him. Fitted well that. So, how do you think this game is going to go, Aaron? Man City away to Bruges. I think Man City, this is a must win for them because if they don't, it's kind of crunch time in terms of the last three fixtures. I think they would rather be able to kind of rotate later as uh, like group um, game weeks five and six or match days, always do that. Um, because that's when the Christmas schedule for uh, the League Cup Premier League gets crazy. Man City would love to be able to just rotate their team. So I think that they're more likely going to rest a few players this week in the Premier League to face their full strength squad for this. Like I've heard like Sterling's going to play in the Premier League, etc. Um, always rumored too. You can't really trust I've heard it. Everyone is playing in the Premier League. I've I've seen about six hundred <clears throat> different team sheets from people totally guessing. I don't know why I would do it. Like, literally, Pep's the only one that knows. And even then, I think sometimes he literally just throws darts at walls and just goes, "You know what? That's great." Um, it's. Uh, I'm guessing you. Have I ever seen South Park before? There's an episode where the, it's called Cartoon Wars, where they get into like a, a, a fight with Family Guy. And they say that the, the Family Guy writers for jokes are two manatees that pick balls at random with like a pronoun, a verb, a noun. And it's like, and then they just put these five words together to make a joke. It's like, oh my God, it's like that time I ate spaghetti bolognese with Saddam Hussein while skiing in Vienna. Like they don't have to make sense, but and that's kind of that's that's kind of what Pep Guardiola does. It's just Cancelo attacking midfield. Okay, then I just picks it out of a hat. <laughs> Honestly, that's how it feels sometimes. In terms of like their players, um, I think that well, since Foden's gotten back into the starting eleven, Torres hasn't really been playing. Um, anyways, like kind of, it's kind of been interchangeable between forward and up front. Seeing like Gabriel Jesus as a right winger now, and uh, De Bruyne. Perhaps he could be yeah. left back next week. So, um, I think just the fact that it's a early game means that us on limitless or considering limitless are gonna really, really benefit from it. I think, but I think everyone's going to benefit from it in terms of having people play on the first day. You get to see the uh, the team sheets. I think Man City, even though Bruges haven't been any pushovers this season, but I think they're going to be the most transferred in players because we get the the like kind of team sheets before we play. Um, I think the advantage goes to limitless people though because Man City then switch to playing on the second day, match day four. And then that's when you kind of want to be transferring in some Chelsea players. Nice little switch off there. Similar price points. 
But I'm really excited. I'm really happy for Bruges doing amazing. Vanekin, unbelievable. Out of the two teams, he's got the most points by, I think, nine more than Grealish, who's in second. So, yeah, um, I think it's going to be a good game because did they face each other last year as well? Uh, no, Bruges got knocked out in the groups. Uh, it was Lazio and Dortmund that qualified from the group. But um, I but still that... think Bruges will give them a really, really good game, the same way they did with PSG. So I'm, I'm was excited. It not... It was either last year or the year before Atalanta played Man City and they've got the same colour kit. So you might, if yeah, your brain's just, just thinking of Atalanta, maybe. Yeah, potentially. But I see now I'm uh, going to Atlanta. It's like Atalanta, pretty close. Totally opposite directions, but yeah, they're right, right next to each other. Um, I, Bruges are a bit of a, a conundrum. Both teams are in a sense that Man City, they've scored six and conceded five in the Champions League so far this season, which is polar opposite to their league form. They're kind of like the anti-Liverpool from last year where they were dreadful in the league defensively and kept clean sheets in the Champions League for fun. Um, and then there's Bruges, who are really poor in their league this year, but seem to be raising and elevating their game for Champions League fixtures, which kind of puts me off a little bit with Man City. I can't even remember my team, to be honest. I haven't looked at it. Uh, but... I wouldn't be overly keen on going with Manchester City defenders. If Cancelo's playing, he's the one that is probably fine because he's the one that might get an attack in return. If you are on Limitless and Kevin De Bruyne's playing, you're just crazy not to have him. He's the most expensive player in the game for a reason. I know people don't think he's in the best form at the minute, which is understandable. He's a bit hit and miss. But even if you look at his goal against Liverpool, which is maybe should be an own goal, he was the one that played that ball straight through for Foden. So even when he's playing under par for Kevin De Bruyne and people are slagging him, he's playing better than 90% of the league anyway. That is how good he is. So He's still returning he's, from injury, to be fair. Yeah, exactly. He's got a he'll he's got a game against Burnley, which I think he probably will play. I think Pep wants to try and get him as fit as possible, as quickly as possible. We don't have the Torres headache for Burnley now. We won't have it for... It's actually given me a headache because I thought he would play and he was in my wildcard team for FPL. Um, but we don't have those headaches. I just think if you're going to treble up Cancelo and two forwards and add class... I mean, Brian as a midfielder, but all of Pep's midfielders play as forwards. So pick two midfielders that play in forward positions is what I'm trying to say in a roundabout way. Um, is there anyone else that you'd go for on Limitless from this game? I'd actually say, if you've got Limitless, go Vanekin, because you know he's going to play. You know he's safe to play. He's on pens in Man City defensively on great. He's like seven, seven and a half million these days. So it's just about safety. You know he's going to play. You're going to have the team sheet. No messing around. I'd, I would have Vanekin. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, there's no one I would re- really add. Um, potentially Foden. Yeah. Other, other than that, I've... he goes into the 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 Man City midfield. They, they they'll play a four three three. To Brian, I'll play. I think you. I think you're right. If you look at Burnley, who they usually smash five 0 regardless of what team they play. Versus Bruges, who have drawn with PSG and should have won and have beaten Leipzig. 
to technically the same goal ratio that Man City beat Leipzig at two to one. Uh, I think Pep will have more of an eye on that Bruges game one. That is a significantly tougher fixture and a more important one because we are a little bit behind. We can't afford to lose to these and we should really be winning. So I can see a, a stronger team. And if Forden's playing, he's in, the, in brilliant form, the way he's been playing recently. So I wouldn't hesitate to go for him in the slightest. So probably if the, if the three of them played, Cancelo, De Bruyne, Forden would be. And then go Van again. After that, it's just kind of whoever gets the goal, because it could be literally yeah. any of them. Sterling. Uh, what do you think the score's going to be? I think Man City will win 2-1. Uh, yeah, I'll go with the same scoreline. I'm written down any scores. I'm making all these up off the top of my head. <laughs> PSG Leipzig. Obviously, we've just talked about their results. <laughs> PSG lost 2-0 in their last game in the league. Um, and the trio all played. Messi, Neymar, Mbappe all played. There is an amazing bit of uh, analysis on those three playing together by The Athletic, which I will quote a little bit in this, but I just want to be honest that it is lifted from them uh, that it's not me saying this, although it is fairly obvious. And when they were going through the video uh, for the solutions, it was one of them where, do you know what you talk to yourself when you're watching a video and you're like, oh, they should do this. And then they're saying like, right. Yeah. It's fairly obvious what should be happening. Uh, Herrera was dropped. Mendez looks to be the first choice left back now. So he's a solid pick, but in this group, is that what you want? I'm not too sure. Uh, Leipzig with a three nil win. And Kunk, you've got another two goals. I don't know what else you want from the lad if you don't have him already. And again, he would be another limitless wildcard choice. Maybe instead of Vanekin, I don't think I'd go two Man City, Vanekin and Nkunku on a limitless. What what do you make of these two? So Paris Saint-Germain, it's... it's because we've not really seen like the full strength 11 play consistently together, it's kind of still up in the air because they're not performing to the caliber that they are capable of in the French league. And so they don't really fill you enough of confidence. And Leipzig are, even though they're, they're not the kind of the Leipzig from a few seasons ago that made it the semi-final. Um, I I still think that they'll give Paris Saint-Germain like a, a good game, the same way that Bruges did. Um, like this team can be got at, uh, especially if they get a bit complacent, which some of their stars can. Um, it really just depends on the mentality. I don't know in terms of like the whole kind of national, international teams and having to isolate when they get back does that affect any of the front three for Paris Saint-Germain or any of the other players like Marquinhos and stuff because I've not heard too much about it so. the only players I've heard is FPL related yeah it's because I think the English laws are different to the rest of mainland Europe's laws regarding um, travel and coming back in quarantine and obviously we've got our green, amber, red list. I don't think Europe specifically have that particular um, like system. So I don't think they need to to work around it. And La Liga there, if anyone's travelled majorly 
they've cancelled the games like Atletico Madrid's been postponed so loads of loads of games being postponed for the Brazil fixtures and stuff because Klopp was uh, complaining about that this morning about how uh, we don't do that just fair enough um, but I think their trio should be ready to play but I don't think they work well together anyway too many cooks in the kitchen uh, Mbappe favours drifting off to that left very very unreal like where even though he plays in a certain position he'll pop off to that left which comes into Neymar's space Messi is currently playing as a 10 on the right wing where Angel Di Maria is trying to do his thing and then there's no one in the middle uh, they look significantly better when Ander Herrera is playing because he does work as a box-to-box. He's sort of gained this reputation as a holding midfielder, which is nonsense. He's a out-and-out central mid. So I don't think... I think the three of them with Angel Di Maria don't particularly work very well, but Angel Di Maria is the hardest-working one of the four. He's the one that'll do the defensive duties. So Pochettino's got a bit of a headache. I think, honestly, they should probably just put Messi on the right wing and be done with it. If they want to, if they want to play all three of them together, uh, Mbappe is obviously not too happy at the minute. There's still, loads of talks about him going to Real Madrid, and that's where he wants to be. So, they don't fill me with confidence there for in three at all. Like PSG as a team will will always do well. The quality of their players throughout the team, and it's not to say that obviously either of the front three aren't even great. They are great. It's just how are they working together as a team? And they've, they've not clicked at all. Messi has one goal for them since they played together. I don't know if, I don't know if Mbappe has scored when they've all been on the pitch. And I don't think Neymar has. I think Neymar's got an assist. So there's lots of work there to be done. And with someone like Nkunku in such good form, I think he's going to exploit, and exploit some uh, frailties in defence. That being said, Leipzig aren't very good either. Like they're they're up and down. They're very sporadic. They'll win one game three nil, and then they'll lose the next game three nil. So I'm actually really excited to see that game. I think that might be the game of choice to watch. If just looking through from the Tuesday fixtures, I think that's going to be really really interesting to see. Can PS3's forwards perform? Can Leipzig's defense hold them off? I mean, if you put Messi on the right, he's playing against. Um, Jose Tassend, Angelino, at left wing back, and he's going to murder him. Absolutely. Like, I would not play Messi in the middle in this game when it's a very congested area. But Messi likes to drop into the middle now. He likes to play everywhere. Central midfielder, pick the ball up. He kind of does what he wants. He's earned the right to do that, but I don't think it works well for a system. Um, might have worked well at Barcelona when he didn't feel like anyone else could do that job. But Pochettino, I think, needs to manage him a bit better. I agree. I think that uh, like they have the potential when they click to be one of the most dominant attacks in Europe uh, in world football. I mean, when people say Europe and world football, it's kind of the same thing. There's not many teams outside of Europe that can challenge. But I think just in terms of even challenging for the Champions League, which is obviously what Paris Saint-Germain's big goal is, it, like they have to click and they have to do it quick. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that 
it's going to come down. They've got to do it soon. All of them are fit. And Poch just needs to find a way to get them all on the field at the same time in a system that works and not just let Messi just do what he wants because we see with Argentina, that just doesn't work. So, yeah, I, I think... Have been a bit better recently, haven't they? They seem to have kind of because they've got the yeah, they've got that system now. We've seen in the past where it's been like, we'll Give just stick Messi, Aguero, Higuain, we'll just stick them all up front and kind of just hope for the best. You, you need that system because otherwise, all you have to do is stick four players on Messi and Argentina. Get, I mean, they're still a quality team, not like no disrespect to them, but it's a lot easier to play against without the system and Poch just needs to be careful that he doesn't fall into the same mistake. Yeah. And if we look at Messi's most prolif- prolific, prolific time at Barcelona, you've got uh, Enrique, Luis Enrique and Pep Guardiola, who are both, um, both ex-players of Barcelona, both play very, very similar brands of football. I think they're both really close friends. Um, and, he played in a system. I mean, even when I think of that Barcelona team, even though Messi is the best player, he's arguably the best player of all time. I would, my brain automatically just goes to Xavi Iniesta, like just <laughs> naturally. The and even obviously later on, it was um, Rakitic sort of jumping in there. Busquets was always behind, but there's, there's always the best Barcelona teams, the best. Not only the best Barcelona team, but if you look at the team that dismantled them, Bayern Munich, even though they pound for pound, player for player, they weren't as good as that Barcelona team. It's the system that'll win. You look at Liverpool and Man City's dominance when they had that ridiculous title race and like finished with 99 points one uh, a year later or whatever, Liverpool and winning the league. Klopp and Guardiola have systems, so it's really important that they find a system and not just rely on, yeah, Messi's great, Neymar's great, Mbappe is great, just let them do whatever they want. What do you think the score will be? I'm going to go, I don't think either side will keep a clean sheet. So probably Paris Saint-Germain. I'll hope that they click. I'll say 3-1 or 3-2. I'm going to go 2-2. I think it'll be a draw, 2-2 draw. Uh, King and Kunku for the 2-2. Well, is there anyone else that you'd was, is there anyone that you'd put on limitless from this team? Potentially Hakimi. Um maybe Marquinhos, because obviously the Paris Saint Germain are going to be tested. But if on a limitless, you'd probably just try and get the attacking outputs of Hakimi more than Marquinhos or, or I don't even know if Ramos is even in the team yet, but Hakimi seems to do better when the front three aren't playing like again because that system and he's allowed to just run rampant. Uh I think sometimes maybe again when there's certain quality up there that he just is like, oh do I need to be up there? Um we'll go on to group B because we take more time here. So Liverpool versus Atletico Madrid. Liverpool smashing FC Porto. Uh we didn't get that right at all. <laughs> and uh Atletico Madrid Drew 1-1 with AC Milan, your team. So we'll let you talk about that game. But Liverpool, King Salah, he is the king. If you've got Limitless, he's the first name on your Limitless. It doesn't matter who he's playing. You just have to have him in, I think, at this point. And I've got a couple of mil to maybe go Sané up to him. But 
I've got to have a look at Bynes fixtures and stuff. I think um, I think I might just be keeping them anyway. Trent's back, apparently. He's been training. He's due to play against Watford, so we imagine he's going to be back for the Atletico Madrid game. The Brazilian boys, we don't know if they're actually going to play this game. Klopp has said they're out of the Watford game. That's Alisson Fabinho. Firmino didn't travel. Jota has picked up an injury for Portugal, and I don't even think he played a minute for Portugal. I think he picked it up in training, came back, and no idea when he's back. So it is a little bit up in the air. If if Alisson and Fabinho are out, then that massively improves Atletico Madrid's chances. But I think I, I do think they'll be back. I I think that's a little bit of overthinking. Uh, for Atletico Madrid, they beat Barcelona 2-0 before the international break. Jimenez and Llorente may be doubts for this game. Keep an eye on it. I wouldn't worry too much. Uh, Suarez and Lamar assisted each other for a goal each. Something to, to think about. Although, may, again, have a look to see if we know if um, if Liverpool's keeper and all the midfielder are going to be out or not before piling into these. Um and DePaul is back. So we talk about Argentina. DePaul, Argentine, uh, Argentinian holding midfielder is back, which means Condogbia's place is in doubt. DePaul played against Barcelona, not Condogbia. So that could be a little headache for us. I mean, you can talk about the Atletico Madrid game because you support Milan, I'm guessing you saw a little bit more of that. Yeah, the very questionable decisions, to be honest. Uh, yes, Kessie, like that red card, like changed the game, to be fair. AC Milan did well to hold on for the point. I know, did they lose? My brain's Oh, they lost 2-1, didn't they? Yeah, I've written they down 1-1, one, but the, it was like the 90 ridiculous minute. Plus 7, I think. Yeah, sorry. I, my bad, it's 2-1. Um, And so that changed the game, did well to hold on for as long as they did. But then just in typical Atletico Madrid fashion, just playing up to the ref, just getting all the decisions and um, it puts AC Milan in a really bad situation. And so not looking forward to getting Porto and only escaping with a point or something like that, like just typical of AC Milan, but it's good to have them back in the Champions League. I think with Atletico Madrid, it's again it's just one of them things where if they click they'll be a, a good team which is going to go back to being difficult to beat I just don't know what it is currently about these kind of teams where I think maybe just because we've had an international break every two weeks or if that's how it feels like um, every, I think every every four I think every yeah, four weeks yeah it's just two weeks. another one in four weeks yeah it's too much uh, obviously COVID's played that made that happen but I just think this group it's it's Liverpool's to lose in my opinion just with the way that they're playing uh, and then the other places are up for grabs between Atletico Madrid and Porto with AC Milan potentially doing a challenge for third place in my opinion um, it all just depends on if the team can click if Atletico Madrid can click because Porto are already a solid machine and already difficult to beat. So some very interesting and very tight games I, I can see in this group other than Liverpool 
which is theirs to lose if they keep playing the way that they are. Is there anyone from this game that you'd go limitless, lot, limitless on other than Salah and Trent? Would, would, I'm sure I would both pick Trent. Mane has been potentially in good form because with the limitless, you could go Mane and Salah. I did that last year. Um, How did that work it, out for you? Did it go both well? really, Yeah, both, both scored. Um, Salah assisted Mane's goal. So I think they both came out the game with 11 points. And our captain Salah as well. So 30 points between them two was great. Um, it's just, it's kind of, Salah's the safer one, but Marnie is a little bit of a tricky punt. Yeah, I would say, which is, I mean, it's, it's kind of reflecting that in FPL as well. He's in great form. I think it's his form is like five and a half. Uh, but he's only owned by less than ten percent as a as a premium. So price isn't it? Is his mm-hmm. price. And but and on a limitless, you you can have both. And then if it doesn't yeah. work, it's better than having that on a defensive mid potentially, because Marnie's ceiling's really really high. What do you think uh, the score is going to be from this game? I've got to go with Liverpool. So, 3-1. For me, it depends on the Brazilians. If they aren't back, I'm going to say 2-2. If they are back, I'm going to say Liverpool 2-0. I've got Fabinho in my team. So, if I find out that they're not going back, that's potentially leaning me towards a limitless. Okay, interesting. Uh, Porto, Milan. Uh, Porto... Their last game, they won 2 1. Wendell and Luis Diaz. We'll always talk about Luis Diaz. He, if you want to have a Porto player, he's the one to have this year, unless you go on defensively. But they've, they've not been as secure. They, they did all right in the first game, obviously. I think Liverpool might just have their number because it's a very, it's not a typical performance from Porto. They are a really defensive team. And the, the, said the goalkeeper would make loads of saves. He's got two points despite conceding five goals in that game. Milan won 3 2. I'll let you talk about that more. Calabria, the captain at right back, scored who's four and a half in the game. Tonali and Liao got a goal. The major news is Mainan, the goalkeeper, is out for two weeks. Um, and Teo Hernandez has COVID. So he's out. So I know that lots of people had him on limitless last time. I think a lot of people got him in on wildcard. So I think if you've got Mainan Hernandez, you're in a bit of bother. Because that's two of your transfers used. Unless you're not asked about your keeper. You just say, like, yeah, I can I can roll with that. But Teo Hernandez a five and a half million needs to come out if if you have him. What did you make? So what did you make of of um of Milan in terms of that game? The post to Athletic go? I think AC Milan are like even not being biased, them and Atalanta are the two best teams in Italy currently. And they're just they're just playing like it. They're confident. That's that who they played. That was that's who they played as well. Just to clarify, when Milan went three two at the weekend, it was against Atalanta. They were three 0 up, and Atalanta scored two, two goals, goals to last, try and come back. They scored in the eighty fifth, in the ninety fourth minute, or something like that. Yeah. So I think, in terms of the performance. 
it was really, really solid. And then they started to make the substitutes, which let Atalanta sneak back in. Two very dangerous tiers. And the fact that AC Milan came out on top, uh, I think the title ch- challenge in Italy is going to be what AC Milan are mostly going to aim for. Um, just try and get through to the next Champions League round just to receive the, the money for it. Um, but this group was always going to be a tough ask, especially being in pot four. But they're just a solid team and just playing like really well. Like the coach is making sure that they're that they've got really good attacking phases of play and they can hurt you on the right. But then obviously Hernandez is a big part of their attack down the left. And I don't trying to remember who their second choice left back is, but it's been that long. It's Hernandez or nothing really in terms of attacking output. So that's going to hurt the team. And Kessie out for this game as well. Tonali and um, I don't know how I don't know how to fully pronounce his name, but either way, you know he's not going to be in consideration. Um, who who isn't going to be in consideration? Like the the two defensive midfielders for AC Milan. Okay. Um, so DS, if you're not doing a uh, like for a limitless, probably DS is still in consideration potentially because you could use him the same way you would use like a defensive midfielder, like a really, really cheap one. Uh, and that way he's still going to try and get attacking returns. But also if you're trying to get someone in and you're tight on budget, someone like Salamakas or someone would be a good, uh, interesting punt. Yeah. Uh, for Porto, I think Luis Diaz is... Um... Is a forward seven and a half. I think that rules him out. It's too premium. The forwards, like it's, you've you've just got to get the best players up there, uh, and it's so seven and a half might be all right, especially if Milan don't have their holding midfielder and left back. It could be better. I'm happy with the goalkeeper because I think. Milan's goal scoring potential will drop a little bit without Teo Hernandez, who I'm sure he got an assist in this game. So, yeah, just both teams aren't at it as best as they could be. Milan, in terms of their players, and Porto, just in terms of their mixed form. What do you think the score is going to be? 1 1 draw. Yeah, I'll go 1 1 as well. We've got Group C, Ajax versus Dortmund. Um, Munya, Haaland and Dahoud. All doubts. Sorry. Loads of people have Munya. Loads of people have Haaland. I'm glad that I got him out of my wild card. He, he, they are doubts for this weekend's game and doubts for midweek. But keep an eye out on this weekend's game because obviously if he... I don't think Dahoud's going to be fit, but Munya Haaland, particularly Haaland, keep an eye out, save the Raven on the bench, because if obviously if they're fit enough to be on the bench, they'll be fit enough for midweek, I imagine. And that is a fixture that we've all looked at and thought, yeah, I fancy some of that Dortmund. The 1-2-1 at the weekend, Brandt scored, Royce with the assist, and Guerrero took the pen to score. So 
if you've got Guerrero, you've got a pen taker. Ajax lost 1-0 at the weekend. Uh, or I say at the weekend. If I, if I say at the weekend on this podcast, I mean like two weeks ago <laughs> before the international break. Ajax with 100% start uh, in the Champions League as well as Dortmund. Ajax winning 2-0 in the last game against Besiktas. Dortmund winning 1-0 against Sporting. Stecklenberg is out for Ajax, so if you've got him, I don't think you would have because he was injured for the last game. It looks like Ajax's third-choice goalkeeper is looking absolute mustard to be playing every game. He's very cheap. I think he's also a four and a half. So that's looking looking really good. I don't think it's going to be a clean sheet in this game for either team. Cue the nil-nil. How do you think this one's going to go? I think a lot of people are getting excited about Haaland, especially because of his trending video that's been going around social media. About oh, the kicking. triple kick thing. Yeah. I didn't watch it, but I saw that it was trending. Yeah, so people are seeing him do that, kicking the ball in the top corner and being like, oh, he's fit. <laughs> like, <laughs> that has no indication of whether you're fit or not. Um yep. Playing Champions League and top level professional football is different to balancing three balls on top of each other and kicking them all in the same spot. Um, if he is fit, great. We know that his accuracy is on point. Yeah. Uh, when was that ever in doubt, anyways? So I think Ajax, it's Ajax's to lose for definite. And, uh, but without Haaland, it just makes it such more of a, an even game. And I, I'm not that I'm, I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to watch the highlights and interested to see how the result turns out. But yeah, it's going to be very interesting in terms of the implications on the group. Would you have any players on wildcard in this game? Or not wildcard, limitless wildcard, sorry. Potentially Bellingham, if you don't have him already. Um. You see, I think he's dropped off. Not because of his performances, it's just in terms of attack and output. Haaland is so important. He's so, so important. So, um, I think also with like players like Julian Brandt coming back in, it alters his position slightly because he's a very versatile player, Jude, which is a great strength. But when he's getting all these attacking returns, he was playing on the right side of a diamond, like quite attacking-wise. Um and I just don't think that's the case anymore. So it's, I just think there's going to be other players you're going to want. I mean, Chelsea, you've got, Chelsea got Malmo, haven't they? So you're going to want Chelsea midfielders. You're going to want to guess. If, you, if you're if you on Limitless, have a guess. You've got, you're going to have four of them mustard midfielders. So you may as well have a punt. I, I think it's Haaland or Bust. And you need to see if he's going to play this weekend or if he's, if he's fit. I mean, if he is playing, if he's fit for this game, then he's the difference maker. I think, like, in terms of, I know I normally ask you the scores first, but if Haaland doesn't play, I think Ajax will win 2-1. And I think if he does play, Dortmund will win 3-2. That's genuinely how I, how I feel about that situation. What do you reckon the score will be? I'm going to go with a 2-2 draw, regardless of whether Haaland plays or not. I think... Yeah. Just because the, the pressure is so high on both groups to get a result from this game. Um, 
Yeah, I'll go with it's 2 2. Um, the next game we're going to talk about super briefly uh, because these two are on zero points. They're the not great. Sporting uh, won 2-1 at the weekend two weeks ago. Santos and Nunes with the goals. One's a left back and one's a centre mid. I, I, I don't think it's going to be overly replicable just because they scored a goal. I still think Palinia and Palinio are the two best options and I wouldn't go really with either of them. Maybe Palinia for these next two games because he is 5 million. Which is really important to say, especially if I think Kondogbia isn't going to get a game for DePaul. Go back to Palinia, 5 million, two games against Besiktas. I think this is this is Sporting's level. Besiktas, I didn't even look at because if you wanted a Besiktas player, you'd know about them already. And it's just not the case. So why waste anyone's time? I wouldn't go for any of the players from either of the teams on a limitless. And I'm going to say Sport and win 2-0. Done. What do you think? Definitely Palinia is still a good shout. Palinio, I think he's having good form in the league, but it's just not replicating to Europe. Mind you, he's had two difficult games. Um. But yeah, I think probably just on to the next game. On to the next game. Group, uh, what was your score? Go Sporting 2-0. Uh, so Group D, Group D, Inter versus Sheriff. So I, co- I watched the Inter game against Shakhtar. They drew 0-0 and watched... Uh, I, I caught the highlights of Sheriff versus Real Madrid 2-1 to Sheriff unbelievable stuff uh, I think if I just talk briefly about Sheriff first their standout player that I genuinely think people now we might have missed the board but that people should be looking at is is their left back uh, Carlos Carlos I think that's his name is Carlos, it Carlos Cristiano, sorry. Cristiano. You know what? I, I'm, I'm thinking that he is Roberto Carlos and I've just called him Carlos and his name's Cristiano. I'm like, that's not right. In my mind, he is playing like Roberto Carlos. Um, so yeah, Cristiano, sorry. He's class. He's, I think out of the um, the four goals they've scored, he's got, he got the first three assists. It's four and a half million. He's probably due a price rise. I, I might put him in. I don't care. For fun, why not? Imagine Sharon Sheriff on each week. Um, although against Inter, I, it's, him versus Dumfries, it's going to be such an ent- like low-key entertaining watch trying to outscore each other. Before that Inter game, there were... Uh, it was quite a sporadic game. Shakhtar could comfortably have won that game 3-0 and, and I could have won that game 3-0. It was one of those games where like it's like the Fury Wilder boxing match where they're just smashing each other's faces in the best they could, but without actually landing any blows, unfortunately. Dumfries, we talked about it in the review show. Uh, if, he, if he was at full fitness, I think he would have gotten an attack and return because he was in the box so often and you could tell it was just that little bit of, little bit of sharpness in the box he was missing, which is an Absolutely hilarious thing to say about a right back. Um, but he looks so dangerous. I'm really happy I have him. 
I know Sheriff have been in good form and I know Sheriff can score. And at this point, it's disrespectful to even remotely doubt what they're capable of. But Shakhtar did this last year and we saw what happened to them. I do think there is a finite life cycle to what they are able to achieve, unfortunately. I, I mean, I hope it continues. I'd love it if they the be in there, even though I've got an Inter player. I'd absolutely love it. But I think Inter would be a really good team to go in on wild card, limitless wild card. Not Martinez, uh, Big Lataro. Just he's, uh, I just think he's flat to deceive. I don't think he's been particularly great. But I think you could be looking at Inter defenders and maybe uh, Nicola Barella. But other than that, I'm not too sure. What about you for this game? What are you making of everyone? And also, is there any in, uh, injury news? I, d- I didn't look, so I just thought you'd tell me. Um, no, no, like standout injuries as far as I'm aware. Um, but I would actually uh, disagree in terms of, I said the disagree on this podcast. I know, shocking. For the first time ever. Um, in terms of Lotaro, because he, the system's starting to get tailored so that he is the main guy. They've stopped playing, well, in the last league game, they didn't play Dzeko because he's, they think that Correa is a better kind of a sister to Lotaro. So it really just depends on how they play against Lazio this weekend. Lazio are always a dangerous team for Inter Milan. Um, they're always pretty much evenly matched. And I think this is, uh, it's well, it's the coach against his old team. So it'll be interesting to see what he, like kind of what happens as a result of that. Really interesting watch in terms of Syria. I think Lotaro against Sheriff, I don't think his ceiling's high. So whether he's worth coming in on a limitless when the forward spots are so precious, potentially not. But if you have like a, a last minute injury, say you haven't had Haaland out yet, um, two games against Sheriff, I think Martinez could potentially, well, he's going to be involved somehow. I think Jekyll, we were quite excited for Jekyll for these two games. That was before we saw what Sheriff were capable of. and also is Jekyll's price point. But I think with Korea being in, it kind of puts Jekyll's spot, even though he scored in the last game, came on as a sub to do that. So I think Latoro is the safest attacking option for Inter. Um, I think he has more of a solid floor than some of the other forwards around his price point, especially with some of the form that they're in. Uh, but like I, I agree with what you were saying about Dumfries and Skriniar. Like we said that, it, like I said at the start of the season that if he was the same price as Devry, it's not even close. You would go with Skriniar. Um, but even that, both of them are very capable centre backs. So for the if you wanted to get one of them in. Dumfries probably the first defender you would get in from Inter. If you wanted to double up on a limitless, get Skriniar. If not, De Vrij would save you the 0.5. But doubling up on Inter can be quite dangerous. So They looked shaky against Shakhtar. I would, there were a few moments where I was very grateful that Shakhtar weren't very good in front of goal because if they were playing a good team, they would have got bad, absolutely bad at um, what do you think the score for this game is going to be? I'm going to go Inter 2-0. 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 Inter 2-
I think actually now that I've mentioned that Handanovic as a potential limitless goalkeeper could be an interesting shout because yeah. we know that Inter are leaky enough that he would get save points and Dumfries is potentially going to be a quite a popular transfer in and screening on DeVry because they both did really well in the last game in terms of ball recovery and player of the game. Um, so Handanovic and doubling up that way could potentially be a, a good option. But if you were limitless and potentially Skriniar would be better. But Handanovic is an option because goalkeepers are quite hard to pick this year. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go 1-1 up the Sheriff. Next game, Shakhtar versus Madrid. Um, let's start with Madrid just purely in terms of fitness issues. I mean, this list is as long as my arm. Yeah. So first of all, the, uh, not only did they get beat 2-1 off Sheriff, they got beat 2-1 in the last league game. Uh, Benzema scored. So if you've got Benzema, he seems to be knocking in a goal a game at the minute. Here we go. Asensio may be back. Alaba should be fine. Mendy might be back. Carvajal is a major doubt. Camavinga is a major doubt. Hazard could be back. And Militao is a major doubt. So pause it, rewind it, write those down. If you've got any of those players, I think looking at it, Militao is the in Alaba are going to be the ones that that people probably got. Militao, major doubt. Alaba should be fine. I'm sorry if either of those two bits of information turn out incorrect, but that's what I've been reliably informed of via the internet. Um, I mean. Real Madrid, they aren't in good form either. Like the up and down and all around, teams are really struggling to be dominant recently. So it's quite tough. But with Shakhtar, they drew obviously they drew within a nil nil, but they also drew their last league game nil nil. So it's not exactly like they're prolific. And we saw how poor their shooting was against Inter. And yet, for some reason, the three players I've written down here, Alan Patrick. Macon and I put Triore with a question mark afterwards. I wouldn't go Triore. I don't think he's very good. I think he was fine in the era of Izzy. Um, but if I was to go for a Shakhtar player that I think could do a bit of damage against Madrid, it'd be Alan Patrick or Macon, and I still wouldn't go with them. If I'm being just in terms of you've got five players to pick, I, I don't think I'd be picking either of them. Would you pick any Shakhtar players? I would not, indeed. Real Madrid players, would you pick any other than Benzema? I've got Casemiro still in my team. Yeah. He's not he's but, not really produced his say four or five points lately, so tough. I'm very happy I didn't go with him. Because usually with Casemiro, you just get some indications. Like you'll get a goal or an assist, or you'll he plays well, but I don't think he's been playing very well. Um I think Vinicius Jr. is always a good shout. Personally, I think if you want a, a Real Madrid attack against the Shakhtar team, because they did look open against Inter as well. Inter had some bad finishing. Um, and you you wanted to go against Benzema. Vinicius Jr., for me, is the one that you'd have to go for. He's also a forward, and he's more than capable. He's, be, he's been excellent this season. Him and Benzema have been their two best forward players in terms of output. 
maybe Couture. Maybe Couture. He could get some saves. Again, only if you're on a limitless. If, you, if you're normal, zero chance. But I think he could make a few saves. It's away. I can't remember what the score was last year away. I know that Shakhtar beat Real Madrid 3-2 at home, but Benzema scored in that game. He came off the bench to score. So could be... I think this is set up well for like a Benzema player, to be honest. Very happy that I've got Benzema on my team. I don't think it'll be going anywhere. What do you think the score will be? I'll go Real Madrid 2-1. I'll go Hala Madrid 3-1. All right, so we'll move on to Group E, starting off with Bayern Munich versus Benfica. Quite excited for this game. In terms of Bayern Munich injury news, I mean, I'm still injured from not having Lewandowski in my team last time, so I guess you could put that in there. But I think there's, what no an new, idiot. <laughs> there's no new fresh injuries, like new injuries is what I'm aware of. Um, but I think a lot of it is just depending on the road to recovery for a lot of these other players. Uh, we know Kingsley Coleman probably isn't going to play. Whether that ups the appeal for, if you're not limitless and still keeping Musiala in your team, if you took that punt. But also... Uh, Sane who performed unbelievably uh, in the last game as well um, and also Nabri as well it'll be interesting to see what, how they do on the weekend Lewandowski just, he is a must if you, if you don't have him like me limitless than potentially me Lewandowski is going to be one of the first strikers in the team even though Benfica can be quite hard to play against Lewandowski is the best striker in the world and he just needs to be in your team. That's it. Literally <laughs> it. In terms uh, of other people, like um, defenders, midfielders, is there anyone that you've got your eye on? I'll tell you who I don't have my eye on, Hernandez, who was off to prison. So yes. if you've so yeah, got... Can't believe, if you've, yeah, left that one out. Um, so if, you, if you've got Lucas Hernandez, don't have Lucas Hernandez, uh, you likely won't have him for a year. I mean, he might get out for good behaviour. I think we told um, people at the start not to have him. Yeah, I think we told people not to have him anyway because he plays, he gets injured out, a bit. In, out of position. the chest to the fact that he's one of the best centre-backs in the world. He's absolutely unbelievable at centre-back. He's a very distinctly average left-back. And that's where he normally plays, but he has been playing centre-back. Uh but yeah, he's got to be in court on the 18th in Madrid for uh, an offence from 2010, 2011, one of the two. Either way, it was a long time ago. Um, but the judge hasn't forgotten just because he forgot about it. The judge hasn't. Uh, so he's got to go to Madrid to pick a penitentiary of his choice, which I believe was the words used. So don't have him. A Kimmich is, a, if you're limitless in, Always have Kimmich. Just always have Kimmich. He's not going to get any ball recoveries, I don't think. Maybe one point max. Uh, he's usually like a, a two ball recoveries kind of guy, so he usually falls a, bit, falls a bit short. But he's the one that's most likely to get attacking returns. In midfield or anywhere else, I think you you pick Sane on Abri. Go with either one of them. I'd go Sane. I think he's in better form. I think he's currently... I think he's the better player anyway. I just think he had six months of being a bit, yeah. 
mentally probably. But I think overall, the best I've seen of Nabri and the best I've seen of Sane, I prefer Sane anyway. That being said, Nabri can go off any day as well. So, Lever, Sane or Nabri, Kimmich, on your limitless, get it done. Do you Benfica, think that, however... Sorry, sorry yeah, I was just, just saying that. Do you think that the thing with Hernandez boosts Alfonso Davies' appeal because he's had a really good international break with Canada? No, because... I think Hernandez is, has been playing centre-back anyway, mainly with uh, Upamecano, and Shula has moved off to rotate with Pavard at right-back. Um, so I think that position was Davies. I knew it was Davies and Richards on the left recently. Davies is still Davies. He, is, he had a great international break, but he doesn't play in the same position for Canada. He's not a left-back for Canada. Um, and we've never... Just been put there to fill a spot. Exactly. So it's not that he's a bad pick. It's just go. I don't know. Like he's fine. I just I think people just look at the Semedo moment where he just had his pants down and got the assist against Bayern Munich, and that's just in the forefront of their minds, and they don't really watch every week. And like he's a perfectly fine left back. Obviously, he's excellent going forward. He's very suspect getting back, but he's like Kyle Walker. He's the Canadian Kyle Walker, where he he's there for his recovery pace, which makes it difficult. But he doesn't get very many attacking returns for for all his excitement levels going forward. He doesn't he doesn't return that much, mm-hmm. which is why I'd rather pay the extra and have Kimmich, who's playing centre midfield, is an a lot of the set pieces. Like if it was FPL, I think he would have got he would have got an assist for Lewandowski's penalty because but in this game it's not for handball. Um Benfica they, I don't know what the score was, but they uh, I know obviously they'd be Barcelona 3 0 amazing result. The last game they lost 1-0. Um, and the Drew Nil Drew 0-0 with Dynamo Kiev. Yeah so I think that the, the win against Barcelona, on paper, you would think, oh, this is going to be a good game. I think that's more of a testament to how bad Barcelona are these days compared to how good Benfica are. I still think it's going to be a very comfortable Bayern Munich win. If you do want to take a punt, just pick a forward player. Um, like, I think it was, I can't remember whoever, but one of them, one of their forward players scored twice last time. Just go with him. He, he scored a penalty. So... But I just don't know why you would sacrifice a forward spot for for them when Bayern Munich are oh, they're going to be. I think this game because they play each other back to back, don't they? Yeah. So I think because this game is in Portugal, this will be the harder of the two. But I still think Bayern Munich will be comfortable winners, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. If you want a forward, go with go with the lad. Just go with it, like. The best, it's pointless looking at league form some, sometimes. If, if you have someone like Tarimi last year where it was like, whoa, this kid scored six in a row, then yeah, zoning on a player like that. But that's not really happening in the league too much. So it's often better to go, well, we've all seen these play in the Champions League. We all know who we should be getting at this point. Defensively, I think you could get some defenders in, but not for the next two weeks against Bayern Munich. But the next time we're going to play Barcelona and the next time we're going to play Dynamo Kiev, I'll certainly be looking at some Benfica defenders because I think as well they'll be pushing to get through this group. I think they'll finish second now. 
Yeah, I think but against Lever and Sane and Nabri and Musiala and Goretzka and Kimmich and Excitement Davies, <laughs> like brave, you're brave, especially with how slow they are. Is it Vatongan, Otamendi, other centre backs? Yeah. Yeah, we just need to be careful not to get caught up in the ball recovery points, thinking that, oh, yeah, Bayern Munich going to get loads of ball recovery points. Like, the ceiling is so high for the Bayern Munich strikers. Like, they could score five or six and just completely wipe out any ball recoveries. You could even end up in the minuses. Um, So it's just not worth Yeah, clean sheets override ball recoveries. It's as a, for me, when you look at ball recoveries, you want to be look at you want to pick the team that you want the clean sheet from. And then out of those players, you look at right, okay, who's going to get attacking returns and who's going to get ball recoveries and who's not likely to get either. That's the, that's the process that you go through. Yeah. Uh what do you think the score is going to be? Bayern Munich 4-0. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go Bayern Munich 4-1. 4-1. Dynamo Kiev should have scored in that last game. That's one of the games I watched, and Neuer had to pull out an absolute worldy. I mean, worldy to yeah. stop Dynamo Kiev from scoring. It, it, like the thing with Bayern Munich is they do lose the head. Like they were winning two or three nil at this point. I think it was two nil they were winning. It was yeah, because it was the first half. We're winning two nil, and they didn't have a single player in their own half other than Neuer. Not one player, and then you just see them all like trying to think you win in 2 0. Why do you have 11 players in their box or 10 players? Sorry, yeah, insanity. Uh, Barcelona Dynamo, yeah, this is like, Europa League. Who would, who would have thought that Barcelona had fallen this much with the players that they've got? You would think that it would still be able to function, but I feel like. If I remember correctly, Ronald Koeman, didn't he do the same before he left Southampton and Everton? He just completely capitulates on his jobs under threat. No, because no, he left Everton for no, the not Netherlands. Southampton, not, not Southampton, but Everton fell apart. Yeah, I don't think it ever got going at Everton. I think it was just bad from start to finish. Southampton, no, he was excellent at Southampton, which is how he raised his profile. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just a very know. divisive manager. Like, I just remember, I think I remember seeing some of his post-match interviews and getting annoyed by him. Um, so I can't imagine what he's like to be coached by, but he was a great player. Um, so Barcelona coming off two defeats before the international break. Benfica losing 3-0 and then losing to Atletico Madrid 2-0. Not good reading. Um Obviously, the Barcelona got a red card. Eric Garcia got a red carded in the last game. So, without him, I don't know in terms of injuries. Araujo got injured uh, for Spain or for under-21s. Araujo got injured anyway. So, I think Araujo is out. And then, um, apparently, Pedri is expected to miss both games, is what I've read. Really? Yeah. Oh, um, they're absolutely stuffed without him. He's their best player. Uh, according to Barca, some sort of Barca fan, well, not even a fan page, like a kind of pundit forum, um, okay. 
So these are actual pundits and it like quotes the channel that they're from. Pedri expected to miss both Barcelona games due to a repetitive strain injury, which I'm not surprised. <laughs> the amount of games that he's played in the last year. Plays, it's it's insane. Plays like two games a day, every day. I think his career is going to be cut short, kind of looking ahead to 10 years time. I think near the end of his uh, near the end of his career, he'll because of the amount of mileage that he'll have in his legs. Is Are you calling I, him the next Jack Wilshire? Is that what you're trying to say? No, he's he's better. He's <laughs> Jack Wilshire at his best. Pedro. Oh, to be fair, Jack Wilshire, Jack Wilshire at 18 was absolute mustard. He was. He was. I still remember that Giroud goal against Norwich. Still one of the best goals of all time. One of the best goals I've ever seen that. Yeah. Uh, but but if he's yeah, starting to pick him. up these injuries now and he's a teenager, that's not good reading for future. Yeah. Like he, he needs to have help from his midfield. And it doesn't help that players like De Jong and stuff just keep getting similar type of injuries. But apparently well, that comes down to how Koeman trains. Apparently... I think I remember hearing an interview um, about different coaches that Coleman wants to make them suffer in training or something like that. Like he wants to make them work hard for their players. Make them work hard in the game. Like you don't want them going into a game already fatigued from training. Like training should be like tactical and stuff it's, like it's that. Like, dark kick. It's the pro- it's the, honestly. It's a problem with a certain mentality of manager, and I don't want to name other managers. Steve Bruce, that have um, that have this benign, archaic, stupid mentality that you either have a thousand days off, or you must roll up your sleeves and you must work at a hundred mile an hour. It's like they've never heard of the phrase "work smart, not hard." And of course, you have to get up to a certain level of fitness. But once you're up to that level of fitness, it's about maintenance, and even even Bielsa with his what murder ball that's not every day it's like twice a week or something and it's for five to, i can't remember the exact amount of time it's like five to 15 minutes or something which just gets them to that little bit of a next step it's not like going out and oh back in my day it's a bit like uh, when Mourinho's introduced balls with into into pre-season for chelsea and john terry was like we've never seen this before and it's like you should always train with a ball and like for sports science, it's been proven that five minutes it is close to 100% with a ball in a small, like three aside game, does the equivalent of a five mile run. But it's just archaic methods. Why would you want to hurt your players? And you can make them, you can motivate them without having to make them suffer. Stupid. What do you think the score is going to be? Oh, sorry, Dynamo. Um, I'd actually choose Dynamo defenders and a goalkeeper, like genuinely against this lot. I don't think they're long term. And if you got on a limitless, maybe like why would you want to? But they're playing Barcelona twice. Honestly, why not? Yeah, I think some people may still have Memphis Depay from their first team, especially if they limitless in match day two. If he's going to come good, it's going to be these games. Um. Because he still he performed well again for the Netherlands, um, showing that it's not the players, it's the manager and the system. Yeah. So Barcelona have to do something to turn this around, though. Um, just wait and see, I guess. My 
my goal prediction, I think it's going to be a 1-1 draw. I'm going 0-0, boring. Group F. So, quite excited for this uh, for this group this time round. Manchester United, they're going to be facing Atalanta two matches in a row. Oh, man, exciting stuff. <laughs> What's your opinion, just first initial? Is this going to be a game that you want to watch? Uh, if I can, if it doesn't clash with other games, then yes. Because for me, I, I see that a lot of a lot of top teams are facing like it's a lot of pot one v pot fours in this group, like in this kind of match day. But with this game, it's one of the only ones where the pots are closer together. Uh, and it's, I think it's going to come down to these two and who wins the group. Uh, but Manchester United have to turn it around. Atlanta aren't solid, but they're the type of team that can exploit bad management, which Manchester United are really exploiting right Rife now. With. Yeah. Uh, the reason why I want to watch this is because I legitimately think Atlanta want to batter them. And I know that it was a bit of a slog against Young Boys. It was 1-0. But that's a better score than Man United got against Young Boys. Um, and Young Boys have proven to be no pushovers. But Atlanta thoroughly dominated that game. Again, Zappacost, I've got no idea how he didn't score more goals. We know that Atlanta are always hit and miss. That being said, Man United at the minute are just miss. Are you aware of what Ronaldo's goal record was like roughly against Atalanta when he played for Juve? Uh, I think he would have... Juventus went through a stage where they were literally facing Atalanta and everything. And it came to the cups and stuff, and Atlanta won against Juventus most times. Um, so I think Ronaldo scored, as you would expect, probably one every two games against them. But if, in terms of the team, Atlanta were the better team. So Ronaldo hardly had any chances to try and do better. And I think there's, the defense of Atlanta has improved a lot as well. So, like over the last few years, Obviously, we had the emergence of Romero last year. So I don't, I think the defences aren't even comparable to when, I think last year, it was two years ago when they faced Atalanta in the cup and, and lost. And that Atalanta team were the one that we were like, they're just so leaky. They're going to try and outscore you. I mean, this time they're actually more of a solid unit. So I, I, have any I don't think you can compare, we, we can kind of get an idea the same way that we, did with Lukaku against Juventus. Hmm. Did they have any injuries at Atlanta? I think we have to pay attention to Gerson's because obviously he came off in the Champions League game. I had him. So even though Atlanta uh, got the clean sheet, um, Gerson's didn't, <laughs> which <laughs> hurts. Um, but in, according to everything that I'm reading, he should be back fit. Um, but um, according to United in Focus, I'm guessing that's a Manchester United page, Manchester United get early Atlanta boost with Robin Gerson's ruled out. So It looks like he would be out for a while with by the injury, it didn't look like it was a little one. So yeah, foot, uh, football Italia Atalanta lose Gerson's for a month uh, with a thigh strain. So yeah. 
Mele and Zappa Costa, potentially the wing backs. Yeah, um, I think they'll be pretty nailed. It just, no idea what side they're going to be on, though, because Mela came on left wing back, Zappa Costa stayed right wing back. Second half, Zappa Costa went to left wing back, Mela went to right. I don't think they looked as comfortable on those sides. I definitely think Mela, whether he's a right wing back or not, looks better on the left, and Zappa Costa yeah. is a right wing back. In yeah, Zappa there's Costa, no coincidence that time, Denmark are the second team to qualify for the World Cup. And Melee's on the left back. Like, yeah, so he looks really dangerous on that left. And Zappa Costa looks more dangerous on the right if the players had passed him the ball as well. It was, yeah, there was some selfishness going on in attacking areas. Man United without Varane and Maguire. Fred will likely be back for that, so even better for Atlanta. Uh, I think um, Man United are in some serious trouble. We'll see how they get on this weekend. But the, even if they win this weekend, which is the most Ollie like it's the most Ollie thing to do, isn't it, winning this weekend? He's in loads of bother. It's down. People are asking for his head now. Even the win at Villarreal, Man United fans complained, which, I mean, they were really bad. I don't know how to hear I didn't get mad of the match. And yet, that is when Ollie comes up trumps with the goods doesn't he that's when he he'll nick a little 2-0 or something that he does it that. yeah. like, oh. and then everything's roses uh that being said i think even if they do beat leicester which i think still a doubt with those with their two main center backs missing anything could happen in that game i i think atalanta are gonna give them a good hiding actually yeah i don't even think i don't know how long Juan Bissaka's suspension is but i think he's out of this game as well Yes, it got it got extended to two games. So yeah, you've got three of the back four missing. Um, so potentially people like Muriel, Zapata. I don't know who's playing, but we'll have a look on the weekend, see what they're Z- Zapata got a goal and an assist at the weekend, although his goal was a penalty, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um so it'll be interesting to see who like what team Atalanta put out over the weekend and then potentially try and match that because um, the Atalanta coach, he likes to trial his starting 11s before and then make loads of subs kind of later. Um, so he'll make loads of subs about 70 minutes to kind of keep people fresh. So I think whatever starting 11 he plays in the weekend against Empoli, Play that. That's good to go for the Champions League. That's what I would you? say. Just from his, from kind of track record, I would do that. Would you wild card anyone? Limitless wild card anyone from this game? Ronaldo, Zapata. I think Ronaldo's still in my team. Yeah, he is because he was my captain. Um, but I want Atalanta players, and it's a shame Gerson's isn't there because. Gerson's against a Juan Basaka list right back. <laughs> oh, that would have been beautiful. That would have been captain. Yeah, yeah. Um, if Mela's on the left, oh, that's a really tempting. But you really just don't know with the wing backs. So look at this weekend. Yeah, uh, we look at this weekend. Because yeah. whoever's playing left wing back is is legitimately a shout for captaincy from that team because they're just mental. 
Mm-hmm. But I think I, in my, it should be Mailer, really. With Manchester United, they've got Liverpool next weekend as well. So it wouldn't put me past it that Ollie tries something stupid and rotates people. And for he loves people, rotating. He thinks he's Sir Alex. Yeah, he, yeah, absolutely loves it. So I wouldn't go near Bruno Fernandes, even though he's going. He's still doing really, really well. Not as bad as what I thought he would be when Ronaldo's there. He's still getting the goods, but he's, I just wouldn't. I think he's more likely. I think this kind of game is set up for someone like a Van der Beek for redemption, but I want Atalanta to win, so I'm not going to pray too hard for that. What do you think the score's going to be? I'm going to go Atalanta 3 1. I have a 3 1. 3 1. Next uh, game. The other game in this group, Young Boys versus Villarreal. Like what you said, Young Boys are no pushover. Um, the game is at Young Boys, so. And they got that result against Manchester United. You can't rule them out. Villarreal doing, they're not the best, but I think they're still good enough to get some, like to get something still from this group because of the way Manchester United are playing. Because if Manchester United lose both games to Atlanta, which the way that Atlanta are playing is possible, then Villarreal could fancy their chances. So I think this is going to be a really interesting game. I think it puts a lot of pressure on Oli if it, uh, if Manchester United lose and any of these teams win. If young boys win, it makes it even harder. So um, interesting in that regard. Just sounds like I'm bashing against Manchester United. Uh, I'm just sorry that your team's bad. Um, Not as bad as I was. <laughs> no, I'm just sorry that your manager's bad. Your team is good. It's just... The management. Um, see what happens. Ollie always turns it around, though. So when he's at the. We're wheel. talking about Villarreal, man, Aaron. Come on. <laughs> Villarreal, Unai Emery. Who knows? He might be going for a Europa League spot. Get another trophy. He loves it. He knows he'll win that one. I think Villarreal, because the player system, are able to perform really well in games and I think they just came up against a brick wall and David De Gea against Man United I think if another keeper was in goal on that day uh, then I generally think Villarreal could have walked all over Man United results wise which is obviously I mean Man United won 2-1 and their own fans were saying this is really bad which I think we should listen to their fans so I think Villarreal have got what it takes and looking at young boys against at Atlanta, they created a couple of good chances, uh, but we saw how many the need the, the created a lot of chances against Man United and took two. So the, I think they need a lot of chances, and I think Villarreal aren't going to give them up as easy because they're just so system orientated. Uh, I've got Grunewald. I'm really happy I have him. He is a limitless option. Make no bones about it. He's been great. I think he's been their best player this season so far. I'm happy I've got him. He's definitely going to be playing for me. And I'm going to go for Villarreal 2-0. I'll say 2-1. I think young boys will still score. Um, on to the next group. The early kickoff on the Wednesday. Salzburg versus Wolfsburg. Uh, I think a lot of people are still... There's a lot of players I've missed out on. And Ruslan 
one of them, obviously, with his match day one return. But in terms of this game, in this group, I still find it quite difficult to call. It's still early enough where anything could still happen. Um, what do you think about it? Uh, I think one of my transfers, if I'm allowed to, they like depending on injuries and stuff, might be Hala to Adeyemi. Adeyemi is just dynamite, and he's winning so many penalties. I'm only got two points for them, but then he's taking them. Mm-hmm. So if he, his goals count for like a defender's goals, yeah. So basically, if he if he misses, it's no harm, no foul because you lose two points, so it's zero. And if he scores, you've got eight. You get yeah, you get six points, and then he's immediately in the billing for player of the match mm-hmm. for seven and a half million, and he's he's going to get a price rise, hundred percent off the last game. Um, I think Salzburg are the best team in this group. I think we can see that now. Wolfsburg started the season the best out of these four, but they've they've started coming down now. I think their early season excitement's now dead in the water. They aren't performing particularly well in the Bundesliga. They haven't performed well. Um, I know that they conceded a last-minute penalty, which was never a penalty to Sevilla, so they could have got a 1-0 win in that game. But I don't think they deserve to win that game 1-0 from what I saw of it. I thought they were... Fortunate to get to that point, and then, like I said, they didn't deserve to, to concede that goal. I was quite happy that they did, because I took Russell on out, and then he got—I think he got booked and they conceded, so you only got a one point or something yeah. daft. Uh, so, I think Adeyemi is good for everyone at his price as well, and it doesn't matter just about—it's not just about this week, because obviously he's going to have Wolfsburg the next two weeks. But then he's got Lille and Sevilla, or Sevilla then Lille. Like, and the way that they play as well, game. he could get a return in every of them games, like yeah. as a penalty taker, but also being so dynamic that he is, and so like I think a lot of teams because they're so like the other teams in this, like they're in very competitive leagues. Salzburg are still like an unknown to a lot of these teams. Like Sevilla, are probably spend more time scouting the teams around them in Spain than they'll spend scouting Salzburg. So Adeyemi is, can still spring a surprise on some of these players, uh, on some of these teams, and that just makes him even better of for his price point, even better of a pick. Like a lot of people have Depay still in their team. In a heartbeat, I would go from Depay to Adeyemi because of the remaining fixtures. Barcelona have got a face Bayern Munich again. Like, why would you still have him in your team? And then you save a million. Actually, you'd yeah. save... You'd probably even save more because then Adeyemi will get a price rise. And I don't know how that will work out in my head, but either way, you'll get some money back. Yeah. Um, um, what, what do you think the score is going to be for this one? I'm going to go Salzburg win because they're at home. I'm going to go 3-1. I'm going to go 2-0 Salzburg. Adeyemi Brace. And then 4 million defenders getting clean sheets. Yeah, Salzburg, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Could very well be. The thing is as well, if you've got Adeyemi as one of your forwards and let's say your other ones are Lewandowski and if Haaland's playing, so let's say you've got Lewandowski, Haaland, Adeyemi, it means you can have Salah, not on a limitless, just you can have Salah in the field. 
Providing you've got someone like Zat Acosta and defend, you need a four million defender in there. Yeah, that's yeah. that sounds better to me than than other options. Uh, then Sevilla versus Lille, I think Naziri is back for Sevilla. Um, and Lille still don't fill me with any any kind of confidence whatsoever. Uh, this is a comfortable Sevilla win, to be honest. Potentially, um, Benu, good goalkeeping option. I think Benu, obviously, Carlos. I, I, I don't know if Akuna got injured. Uh, I, I couldn't find any more information on that. I think he got a niggle, and I don't know if he's fit again. Um, so that might be just worth keeping an eye out on for, but uh, definitely Diego Carlos. And this is the time where En Naziri. And I think Naziri is going to go off this week. And I mean, actually That's go off, not get, not get sent off. Yeah. That's my take of the week. Because, um, you know, my Marco Asensio shout worked out so well. So, <laughs> I'll, uh, yeah, we'll go. Um, I reckon Naziri could do really well in that game. And Rakitic, Rakitic is on pens. He's got two and two now because Sevilla, this group loves a pen. Mm-hmm. Been pens in every game. Like, oh, Wolfsburg... Lila wasn't. It was nearly a pen in the 96th minute. It was like that far away. So Rakitic maybe? I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know if he plays often enough. Um, I'm going to go Sevilla 2-0. Yeah, I'm going to go Sevilla 2-0 as well. Last group. Starting off, Zenit and Juventus. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll, Matt, I'll start with yeah. I guess I'll start with Juventus. Um, in terms of any injury news, I think, well, there's not any, like, standout ones. I think everyone's back because of they would have been rested in the international break. Um, because when I've tried searching it up, it's just about Juventus just trying to raid the transfer market in January. They haven't been at their scintillating best, especially not in Syria. So, um, but this is a, a game where Juventus and Allegri normally grind out a result. It'll be boring 1-0 in my opinion. Um, and whoever gets the goal, I think Dybala is too expensive, but if you're able to get him in, probably he's the one I would recommend. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you you have anyone on this, but I think this is going to be quite a dull game, to be honest. You reckon? I think Chiesa, I think it's made for Chiesa. Mm. Especially if you're on Limitless for his price, nine or nine and a half, something like that. Uh, he's, he's the one that turns the game around. He's the one that'll pick up, he'll drive, he's so deceptively quick. Very, very fast. He can score from anywhere. He can score in the box, outside the box. Uh, he can score coming in from the left. He can score coming in from the right. He can score when he's down the middle. He doesn't have a high ceiling. I think his ceiling is a goal. Maybe, maybe a goal and assist if you have a bit of a red letter day for him. Uh, but then, you know, he's got Zenit twice in a row and then he's got Malmo again. So if you're not even a limitless and you are looking for a three-game good section, uh, then... Then why not? I think that's a I think that's a good enough shout to go for. Uh, I, for someone like me who's looking at a limitless in five, I'll probably be having him in against Malmo. Uh, I I think 
I think Juventus are going to win 2-1 for this game. I've already said 1-0. Um, mm. I think because they're against Roma and then they've got Inter Milan next week, I think whoever they play against Roma is probably going to be the same that play in Zenit. I just think there'll be a few early subs. They're going to try and get the result quick and then just defend the lead. That's, uh, I think, typical old, well, old-fashioned Italian style, not the not the new attacking. The new wave. Yeah. Um, and then Chelsea versus Malmo, which I feel like a lot of people will be interested in, especially because they're the early kickoff next match day. Um, mm. It'll be interesting to know if Tuchel is going to rotate heavily or whether you'll try just solid team. Um, my prediction is that he's going to rotate heavily. I think people like Pulisic and players like that, I think they're going to get a start against Malmo. Um, but I still think that Lukaku, depending on his injury, I think Lukaku will play, but I think Werner potentially is a good option for Malmo. Yeah, which I never I... thought I'd say Werner's a good option. Yeah, he's looked good. Uh, honestly, I've been tinkering with him in a few FPL wildcards. He's not in. Uh, I remember Mason Mount was back, and I was like, uh, I don't, I'm not sure if he's going to play. Uh, I've just received a text saying that, so I'm imagining this is from Tuchel's presser today that Rudiger might be out this weekend. Uh, so he's one. That's just a that that's just a text of someone. I don't know. Where, I, I saw pop up Rudiger out, um, and I know Tuchel's pressers today, so we'll all know by Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, so it's one to keep an eye out on for to maybe beware with any early transfers. You shouldn't be making transfers, as we always say, until five o'clock on Tuesday when the, or 4.45, when the team get put out. Uh, I think Alonso is probably going to play. If, in my mind, and I could be very, very wrong, I think Chilwell is going to get the next few Prem games. And I think Alonso against Malmo is good to go. And I think he's probably the best fit because he's not as good defensively as Ben Chilwell, but, we know what he's like attacking wise, and I, Malmo are going to sit deep. And also, he's a he's he's really tall, he's really physical. So I think against those physical teams, he's going to do probably a bit better than Ben Chilwell. So I think it's a smarter choice to have Chilwell play in the league with their league fixtures, and then have Alonso because he's um he's not been in the best form the last couple of weeks. I know he had an amazing start of the season, but the last two games that he's played, he's been subbed off, and he's not been very good. Uh, so I think it could be a good chance just to get him into some kind of form as well, because I know that Tuchel would probably prefer that he had two left-backs playing at the top of their game so that they could compete against each other. Reese James, we don't know if he's going to be back or not. I think Chelsea's defence is such a watch, wait and see. Um, I think someone like Chaloba could be a good shout, because we don't know about Thiago Silva in the whole Brazil situation. Rudiger, yeah. I've just read there, is very like twenty five percent chance of playing in the Premier League because of his back injury. Someone that like Chalaba, like he's going to be fit for midweek. He might yeah. be. But... Someone like Chalaba, Christiansen, um, potentially because Reese James. This was the time scale that they had on Reese James's injury. Potentially, Asbilaqueta playing as a centre back as well. Um. Apparently, according to the Chelsea, uh, some of the Chelsea 
news places, they think that Loftus Cheek will be in contention to start against Malmo uh, and keep his form going. But like I said, it's really hard. I think a lot of people are paying attention to this fixture just to kind of, if you're not, if you've already used your limitless, just to kind of have an idea about your future transfers, because if he rotates heavily, uh, then it means that when you're kind of tinkering with your transfers, you can be like, right, I'm going to go from potentially Sane to Loftus Cheek or Sane to Pulisic. Um, no, or Ziesh. I don't know if he's injured or anything. Um, and then that way you could be like, right, and then I'll use these funds to go from Benzema to Haaland or someone like kind of, you know what I mean? Like you can use, if you rotate a lot, you can kind of use that kind of mentality to tinker for future transfers, knowing to up a few people. But wait and see, I guess. I don't know if... I don't... I'm not... Lot, I'm not because seeing... they play on the second day, it depends how much of a climb you need to make to get back into the ranks. I personally... I personally think, because Habits isn't playing too much, I think you should play Habits like you did last year in that false nine with Werner and Pulisic running off him. Um, and obviously rest up for the league because they're comfortable in this game. But the thing is, for Tuchel, because the loss against Juventus, I think it might be a case of, I want three points in this game. I want to get it done and dusted. And then with six points behind us, it doesn't really matter what Juventus do. I can then rotate maybe for the next game. I think managers like doing that. I think top managers just think about the three points first of all. And then, you know, if they've got six points after three games, it's like, well, we're halfway there, really. Because if you had 12 points, you're going through, really. Mm-hmm. Big score's going to be? I'm going to go Chelsea 4-0. Big. Hey, I'm going to go Chelsea 3-0. Chelsea 3-0. Well, uh, took us a while, but that's us done, Aaron. Um, Aaron is going on holiday, as I said at the beginning. So you're you're doing the next one whilst on holiday, yes? Yes, because you'll be on holiday for the next one. No, well, oh, I will be on holiday for the next one, yes. Um, so I won't be here for the next... I'll, I'll be here for the reviews, I think. Yeah. Time is such a weird concept these days. So I'll be, uh, I'll be on for the review with you and Nathan and Cameron, hopefully. And then for the next previews, I'll be missing, but you'll be doing them with Nathan, I think. And maybe Cameron, if you want to do it, whatever. Uh, but thank you so much for listening. Appreciate it. It's been a while. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. We are at UCL Fantasy Pod. Give us a like and a subscribe, and we will see you next time for our review. If you've got any questions, tweet them to me, and I'll do my best to answer as best as I can. But remember, we do just play this game for the bands. So we'll see you later. Take care now. Bye.